Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock, and that means it's time for Tim with Tim. We go verse by verse through the Word of God. We are in the book of Exodus right now. Uh, I asked you to read three chapters for today, but I'm going to go ahead and cover four um, because uh, I have confidence that you can pick up that last chapter. I also know that many of you are skimming what we're reading right now, and that's okay. It's totally okay. Um, as I told you, I think yesterday, we are reading the description of the tabernacle in the book of Exodus. This is like a third of the book of Exodus, and this is all it is. And we're going to read it once, and then we're going to read it again, because we're going to do this again. Like, Exodus does all this again. I know, I know. Um, so anyway, uh, at the same time, y'all, I'm reading every word of it. I know that some of you are skimming. It really is okay. It just is. I know some of you don't like that. You're like, no. Pastor Tim, it's a word of God. Make them read every syllable and whatever. Uh, you're in it. And so, you know, I, I celebrate the fact that you're in God's word today. Um, but I did. I, I, I read every word. Uh, I think most of you know I'm an artist. I have an arts background. Uh, I love beautiful places. I love beautiful things. I love beautiful churches. And to be really honest with you, I don't know a lot of beautiful churches around here. Uh, not in the United States. Not in Kentucky. Not in Warren County. I'm sorry. Not even our church. Uh, I love it. I love this place, but it's not beautiful. You, you know, I'm sorry for my church folks. Uh, it's just not. We didn't build it for beauty. We just really didn't. Um, when I read Exodus chapters 28, 29, 30, and 31, that's for today, four chapters, if you'll just sort of cover all of those, 28, 29, 30, 31. Uh, I mean, we're on the continuation from yesterday uh, God is giving his own instructions for the tabernacle he wants to be worshipped in, and I, th I think that's just amazing. Uh, I think I said yesterday, part of what you learn in Exodus in this passage is that only God can tell you how to worship God, and I think we forget that. Uh, we always want to worship God on our own terms. Uh, we want to uh, create buildings that say more about us than speak about the God we worship, and, and it shows um, so let's talk about it just a little bit. Um, let's talk about the scripture and let's talk about our own habits. Um, like I said, I'm an artist, so I'm a little bit biased, I guess. Um, but even with my bias, I'm just struck today in the passage how many times that the phrase for glory, for beauty are, are, are used. And, and most of what we're reading today is just a detailed description of the priestly garments, what the priest Aaron and his sons will wear and uh, how they will be ordained with the uh, anointing oil and how they will burn incense and how they will max, make sacrifices. And everything is described in detail. And there are several times when God just specifically says, do this for glory, do this for beauty. I want it to be glorious and beautiful. Now, see, this is interesting to me because, again, I grew up in Protestant tradition, Southern Baptist tradition. We mostly worship in blank sanctuaries with white blank walls. We just do. Uh, carpeted floors, pews, you know, and um, let me just say this. I think that places are important. I think they are. Places are important to us. And despite the fact that I've already said that this church I'm sitting in isn't necessarily beautiful, this place means the world to me and to most of us who worship here. Um, places matter to people. That The house that you live, the houses that you've lived in, you, you know, uh, places matter to people. We have a tendency to claim places as special, as sacred even, 
and uh, and we create associations with places that mean very much to us. And so this church very much is a, a place of worship and a, a, a sacred place to me. Uh, places are important to people. And I think because of that reason, places are important to God. Again, God is spirit. He isn't located in any one place. His you know, presence fills the universe. But at the same time, because he has chosen to come and be with us, then God himself also makes places important. And so when it comes to a church building, and I know that this is the Old Testament, and we're New Testament Christians, and I know that Christ is our sanctuary, and I can preach all those sermons, but like I said, places matter. They just do. And a place of worship will always say a lot about the people who gather there and about the God that they imagine that they worship. And so if you walk in your typical Southern Baptist church, for example, and I'm Southern Baptist, uh, it's going to be a a blank room, blank white walls, typically, um, it will often look like a southern home, you know, a church with columns out front. It'll look like a big plantation house, um, often a steeple. And steeples are beautiful, and I, and I love steeples. But uh, again, you walk in the room, um, it will, the, the lobby's often going to be decorated like your grandma's house if it's an older church. Uh, I, our church, you know, has old folks and young folks, and I'm always caught in the middle. You know, the old folks are saying, why does this place have to look like Disney World? Why does it look like a theater? You know, and then I have the young people who say, why does this place have to look like grandma's house? You know, who put that table there? You know, why we got to have flowers? You know what I mean? Um, It's just really funny how we all have different ideas about what's beautiful and what it ought to look like, but inevitably the place we end up building is going to say a whole lot about ourselves. And also a lot about the God that we think that we worship. That's why I like in Exodus, God just says, let me just tell you what to build, you know. So it doesn't reflect the people. It doesn't reflect anything about them. It just reflects the God who has said, this is what I want, man. I wish God would just go ahead and design our next building. You know, I I wish he would. Although I don't know what we would say about it, you know. Um, This tabernacle is expensive. And most of what we build these days, of course, is on a budget. You know, that's why most new church construction in the United States looks like a shopping mall from the 1990s. It just does because it's inexpensive. We just build these big old boxes, these big steel boxes, you know, and paint the ceiling black, you know, and we all do the same thing. And uh, I I don't know if if you've ever toured, if you've ever visited some of the uh, amazing old, you know, uh, cathedrals of, of Europe. Gosh, I, man, one of my favorites in Barcelona. Look it up. It's called uh, Sagrada Familia. Uh, and, and I love I love that cathedral so much. And I walk in and I feel myself in God's presence. I mean, this building is for beauty and, you know, for, for glory. Uh, and uh, and it, it does. It, it brings great glory to God. You walk in, it makes you feel small, uh, you know. Um, so, in this passage today, one of the things I notice is how the experience of walking in the tabernacle was intentionally to be unlike anything else in your life. So this ain't supposed to look like a coffee shop. It's not supposed to look like Disney World. It's not supposed to look like your grandma's house. It's not supposed to look like your house, for that matter. It's it's God's house, you know. And, and so uh, there are many things that would only be experienced there. You know, for example, God gives Moses the recipe for anointing oil, but then says, don't you dare make this for your house. Don't you make this for yourself. Don't make this for any other purpose. This is holy. This is set apart. 
You know, when Aaron and his sons walk in to minister, they put on special clothes. You know, that's not the same thing they were they were wearing before when they were, you know, bouncing around inside of Lowe's or Home Depot. You know, you're coming into the presence of a holy God. So you've got to prepare and you've got to gather differently, you know. The instructions for how to build the, you know, the... Uh, the incense to be burned in God's presence. And then God says, this is how you make it, but you're not going to make this just to burn it in your house. I don't care, you know, how much you like the smell, you know, this is just for me. This is for my house. You know, I just love that, that, that value of having something that would only be experienced, you know, it's going to be special, you know, set apart, you know, which was the point set apart for God. So, um, the, the clothes were special, and the incense was special, and the oil was special, and everything about the gathering and the preparation was special. Because of that phrase we see over and over in these four chapters, I will meet you there. I will meet you there. If you're going to come into a presence of a God of this kind of holiness, you're not just going to come and walking in here like you're walking into Target. You, you know, It's special. You have to prepare. You have to acknowledge the holiness of the God in whose presence you are drawing. You, you know? Uh, it's 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 just uh, uh, amazing to me. It's it's amazing to me. Um, I love the times, and again, I'm, I'm, these four chapters. Read them. Uh, I'm just amazed how many times it says, you know, if they do this, I won't kill them. <laughs> that's what that's what God says. You know, tell the priest, to, you know, man, if you anoint them with oil like this, and they come in wearing these clothes, and if he has that, you know, amulet on his forehead that says holy to the Lord, then I won't kill him. You know. I just think that's amazing. These people are walking into God's presence like tiptoes, almost like they're approaching, you know, a live ticking nuclear warhead, you know? I mean, they come into God's presence with reverence and fear. Now, now again, I know, I know Jesus has opened up a new and living way and we have access. I know, I know, I know, but do we have any reverence, any knowledge whatsoever of the God of majesty and power and glory and beauty that we've come to worship, you know? Like I say, we come bouncing in here, belly aching, you know, thinking nasty thoughts, tapping away on our cell phones, just like we walked into any place, anywhere. And I'm just reminding you, you know, Aaron and his sons walk into God's presence every day trembling because they're not sure that they may not be killed by his presence. I mean, you know, I just find that amazing. And I'm a Christian and I know what Jesus has done for me. And I know we don't worship a God, you know, who was far away from us. I, I know, I know, I know. And he makes us holy as he is holy. And I have Christ's righteousness so I can approach God. I know, I know. But that doesn't mean that God is not still beautiful and glorious and holy and worthy of our fear, you know. Like I say, I think if any of us had any concept whatsoever of the majesty, the glory, the beauty, the power um, of the God that we worship, I, I don't think we'd come in here so casually, you know? Uh, anyway, we'll pick up here tomorrow. And for those of you who are really, really tired of hearing about, you know, the buttons on Aaron's, you know, britches, uh, then tomorrow we pick back up with the golden calf. So Exodus chapter 32 tomorrow, verses 1 to 35. Back to the people, and tomorrow, after everything God told them, hey, build this, worship me this way, they're going to be worshiping a golden calf. You know, man, what, mm, what morons. 
Uh, so here we go. I love the last phrase of chapter 31 that simply says, uh, God gave Moses the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant written by God's own finger. Yeah, I just find that amazing. These stone tablets written by God's own finger. Moses comes down the mountain with the tablets, and what is he going to find? Uh, that's tomorrow. Exodus chapter 32. I'll see you then. I love you guys so much. Have a good Wednesday. Stay warm. Stay in the Word. And I'll see you in the morning, 10 o'clock, Lord willing, for 10 with Tim. I love you guys. I love you. I love you so much. I'll see you tomorrow.